uh, I'm Madhumita Mantri. I'm product lead at Startree. Um, and working in real-time analytics and anomaly detection. Uh, I've been following Zirin for a while uh, and saw her amazing posts. She posts every day. And uh, especially I'm uh, very inspired by her uh, posts on leadership. And recently I came across, she was talking about having difficult conversation and uh, being a product manager. I think it's a big part of my job. Um, to manage uh, stakeholders' expectation effectively. And I'm an individual who, is, who uh, used to be very shy and scared of having difficult conversation and negotiation was a big challenge. So I thought um, I'll have a quick chat uh, about Sarin on this topic and then hopefully others will also listen in and learn from it. If you have question, you can raise hand and I'll invite at the stage. The format is... Uh, um, I'll in uh, I'll let Sirin introduce herself, and then we'll go over a couple of questions, and then we can, if time permits, we can take up questions from you. Otherwise, uh, you can always post your questions on the event, and we'll answer them offline. So, with that, Sirin, uh, the stage is all yours. If you can introduce yourself, your career journey, and something not on your LinkedIn profile. Well, first of all, thank you, Madhumita, for having me. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I'm glad that um, my posts and the content have, have helped you. I also see you as such an expert in what you do as a product lead at StarTree, and your content is amazing. You go deep inside of AI, I'm, I'm among many, uh, can't speak today, among many other things. So introducing myself, I'm Sarin Silva. I'm an intuitive coach. I work with women to empower them in their leadership. I find that um, many women, for whatever reason, we won't go into that today, kind of struggle with really claiming their voice and stepping up to the plate and um, saying what they need and to be able to do that in a way that is well-received and drives influence. Um, something about me, well, I've been in business for over 20 years um, about midway through my career, I pivoted to coaching specifically because I wanted to help women. Um, and I really enjoy helping people deepen their interpersonal skills. As far as something that's not on my LinkedIn profile, I'm fluent in Turkish. Uh, my family is from the island of Cyprus. So that is not on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Awesome. I I truly inspired by what you do, Sarin, and uh, your career journey is very inspiring. And uh, especially how uh, you're pivoting yourself and trying to help other women succeed. I think that's a great cause. And uh, I'm sure like you're not only impacting one person, there's several people, I mean, across the world with through this platform, they're getting benefit. So yeah, that sounds very exciting. Uh, with interest of time, um, I will move on uh, to the topic of discussion. And my first question for you, uh, how can I overcome my fear of confrontation and stand my ground in a negotiation? It has been a challenge for me and would love to uh, hear your thoughts. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the things that is not talked about very much in business is that we obviously are all, we all come together at work, but we have myriad of backgrounds, experiences, cultures, um, you name it. And depending on the culture that you came from, there could be an element where confrontation didn't happen 
or confrontation didn't happen in your family. So that wasn't modeled for you. So you're not sure of how to do it to begin with. And maybe at home that just didn't happen. So for my at my home, there was a lot of, I wouldn't say confrontation, but there was a lot of people expressing how they felt all the time. And I was often told to kind of be quiet and just follow the elders. And that followed me into work. Um, I was afraid to speak out when I first started in my career. And I was afraid to stand up for my position and for what I believed in. So when we talk about how to overcome it, and, and I think this will be probably true of every question you ask me, it comes down to how we perceive ourselves and how self-aware we are. And when we talk about overcoming fear, I actually have a whole process for that. It's called fear melters, but it really comes down to knowing yourself and understanding what holds you back. And sometimes a coach can help you with that um, in a business context. If it's something that affects you in your personal life, something you work with a therapist, can also have a mentor, but it is something that's a personal journey you have to believe that you're worth it. You have to believe in your position. You have to believe in yourself to say, yes, this is what I want. And it's not as easy as just boldly stepping up and saying, this is what I want. You have to do it in a way within a leadership capacity that invites people in to your point of view versus pushing them out. I think sometimes people think confrontation means I've got to be tough. And that is the old world. And that's a world that women have had tried to fit into. It's, I got to be tough to hold my ground. No, you don't. You don't have to be tough. You just have to be self-aware and know where you stand and what you're willing to give into. And if folks are more interested on this topic around um, negotiation, there is a um, article that I've written on that on LinkedIn that we're happy to share with you too. It has a, has a number of tips. But the first thing is it comes down to you. And how do you want to meet that fear and own your power? Um, absolutely. You said a very good point in terms of self-awareness and then uh, how you can be more vulnerable. And at the same time, you need not be tough. Like you can be transparent about yourself, but hold your ground strong and uh, without a fear uh, to speak it out. Uh, you said about the article, would love to look at your article if you could share on the uh, event uh, link Absolutely. we have that'll be great um, great um, then uh, I'll just move on to my next question um, so what are some of specific language techniques I can use to be more assertive without being aggressive since we're talking about uh, the confrontation need not be uh, aggressive Right. I look at that as a three-step process. I think the first piece of it, again, goes back to self-awareness. How am I feeling about this interaction that I'm going to have? How do I feel? Am I charged up? Am I neutral? Am I afraid to have the conversations? That's the first piece, which is to get in, in touch with the emotions. And I know people don't like to talk about emotions at work, but hey, guess what? At home and at work, we're human beings having an experience. Um, it just depends on the, the place that you are at the time. So you really need to get in touch with those feelings. The second thing is that I think is very common amongst women is, and I caught myself doing it yesterday, actually. I'll, I said, I just want to share this with you. I don't know why we, we and me, why we would minimize the language. 
Well, I just wanted to ask you for a raise. That sounds like I'm begging for permission to get a raise when I really should be talking about what do I, you know, what, what, what were my contributions and how do those contributions contribute to the business and to recognize that I have value in that room and I have the right to ask for what I want. Now, when it comes to language, that's that's a little bit complicated in that everyone has their own sort of verbal style. Like I tend to be very direct. Um, but what I will try to do often is really try to connect to the other person authentically. So what does that look like? How are you? What's top of mind for you? And then use language that can kind of influence that based on the relationship. If you're in a job right now and you're super busy, I have lots of respect for that, but you don't take the time to really understand the players and who's on the leadership team and who you're going to be asking or requesting or negotiating something with, you're doing yourself a disservice because once you understand their point of view as well as your own, language becomes very easy, right? Because you're like, all right, I want to talk to you about this. Here's why. You're reading their body language. How are they receiving it? So it does require us to almost step out of the immediate task at hand and understand the dynamics of what's going on. I talk about this a lot of times in management as it's a chessboard. And if you're only looking at your work product and not looking at the dynamics of what's happening with people at the company, you're missing that whole other half of the board. Lead, great leaders can do both. They can manage the work and manage the team and then manage the relationships and cultivate the influence. So going back to assertion versus aggression, if you're in touch with your feelings, your language is going to be more assertive. You're going to feel more confident. Very nice. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I mean, completely agree with you. Self-awareness plus environment awareness or org awareness plays a huge role. And getting control over emotions is important or at least being aware of the emotions. Yeah. Um, we're talking about emotions. How can I deal with sometimes we have the guilt or anxiety that often come with saying no or voicing my needs? When I first hear you ask that question, the first thing I think about is women and guilt <laughs> and how I'll speak for myself so I don't project it onto a group of people. But for myself, I was taught to be a nice girl and to be a good girl. There wasn't a lot of discussion around what that looked like. It was just be a good girl, be quiet, listen to what's going on. And I think that's where the guilt and the people pleasing comes from. Well, I just want to make everyone happy. I don't want to upset someone by telling them um, I need an hour to go do this or that, or I need a doctor's appointment. I don't want to tell anyone that I have to go do that. And I feel so bad I'm leaving the team and it's like, you need to take care of your health and go to the doctor, right? So I think I would say, you know, dealing with the guilt and anxiety has to do with looking at people pleasing as a behavior and then figuring out how you want to shift that behavior. So you might want to say, okay, how do I want to show up when I say no? And for me as a coach, I'll go deep. I'll say, who are you? And what is it that you want in this world? And what kind of a leader do you want to be? And when these guilts come up, sometimes we'll do, you know, I'll have people create like little monsters and stuff. And we will name the guilt and anxiety <laughs> and give them names and say, okay, this guilt monster is called 
Amanda. So every time Amanda shows up, we're going to be aware that that's happening. So I think that long and the short of it is guilt and anxiety often come from people pleasing, in my experience, having to deal with women. We are taught to sit in the back. Um, and I'm not here to say all people are bad or anything like that, but there is a cultural entrainment that shows up and we are told to not ask for a full cup of water. We're always like, just give me a half, just give me a taste of the water. It's like, no, you're a human being, you're thirsty, you get the whole cup of water. So it is a learned skill. I would say people can start noticing when they're feeling guilty and anxious. Um, and that's why if you're working on the computer all day and you don't take a break, you're not having a chance to really feel into what's coming up for you. So before you're gonna have any of these conversations, take a break, check in with yourself. I'm a big believer in breath work, take a breath, right? Let the intelligence and wisdom that you have come in. Um, a lot of times we're operating under like an amygdala, what's called an amygdala hijack, um, which is your quick response, right? We're on computers all day long, we're getting texts, we're thinking very, very, very fast, but we're not pausing to allow the wisdom to come forward and the self-awareness to come forward. Wow, you're spot on. Like you said so beautifully. Um, I mean, I can totally hear you, like what you're saying. And uh, glad that you shared some of the techniques that I can use uh, to have a control over the emotion and then how to come out of my people-pleasing zone. And it's hardwired and... You rightly said we need to put effort. We need to put effort and time to learn the skill if our, we are hardwired to people-pleasing most of the time. That's a great insight you shared. Uh, what are some other strategies for handling difficult conversations, especially with colleagues, bosses, or even customers or clients we're working with? Yeah, I actually um, have been doing a, a presentation for a number of groups Um most recently be of a on this topic. And I think I posted the presentation, um, which I will share with everyone, but difficult conversations are all over the place at work and they waste a lot of time and time is money for a company. So companies care about this as well as individuals um, for strategies for handling them. Um, the first thing is <laughs> do not have the conversation when you are emotionally pulled. You're like, I got to go talk to them about that that just can't happen, right? You're not in the right mind frame to have a conversation when you are charged in any way, whether you're crying, whether you're angry, uh, whatever it is. And that's not to say that those feelings aren't okay. Sometimes things at work happen and it really, really stinks. And I remember just as much as some other women too, like crying in the bathroom, right? Just to kind of not have people see that that's going on because we're human beings and we're having an emotional experience. We just have to manage that piece before we go to have a difficult conversation. And that requires time. So even if you're really, really, really mad, the best thing you can do for yourself or really upset is to just take a time, ideally at least a day. You got to take stock, think about what do I want this conversation to look like? What is the best outcome? And also a lot of times what I see in coaching people is like, we have our point of view and like we're taking that point of view and we're going to figure out how to make it land. What's almost equally as important is to understand the business context. So what happened that created that difficult situation? 
is it that it's end of quarter and that your boss has a number that they need to hit and they weren't able to do it. And so they're stressed. And so then they're upset about something and they're coming to you. Maybe that's not a good time to have the difficult conversation. So I'd say self-awareness again, all roads come back to self when it comes to leadership, um, taking a breath, pause, build in a pause. For some folks, taking a walk is really great just to clear your head. And then literally like you would do a strategy, do a strategy for the conversation, right? Think out the steps. Um, what does that look like? And then once you feel okay about that, go ahead and do it. Another thing is if you're really mad, you can always write stuff down in a notebook that you're never gonna send to anybody. So before you have that difficult conversation, you wanna be really clear. And I think I did mention this, but make sure you have what the ideal outcome is and then what a second ideal outcome is. So for example, if you were negotiating salary, sure, you have an ideal number that you wanna hit, right? That's the number that you want. And then there's maybe a number that isn't exactly what you want, but maybe there's some other factors. You really like the company, you like the people. So have that second best option in any kind of difficult conversation um, available to you, right? What is the next best option? And then make sure that you're not just directing your point of view at somebody. It's an exchange. You're having a human, you're having an interaction with another person. So you wanna be reading body language, listening to what they're saying, one thing that's a really important thing to do is to uh, do like a kind of a recap while you're there. So what I'm hearing you say is that X, Y, Z are very important. The reason why you want to do that is because sometimes two people can be in a room having a conversation and each person thinks that their version is correct, but their version is totally different than the other person's. So when you say stuff like what I'm hearing is it gives the other person an uh, opportunity to say, hey, no, I didn't mean that. I meant this. And also brings them in closer in a working relationship, right? They're like, oh, you're listening to what I'm saying. And, and what happens when people feel like they're being heard? They become more open to whatever it is that you're proposing typically, right? At least in my experience, meet people where they are. I was coaching a woman on this earlier this week. And one of the things that one of the things I said to her is you have to meet them where they are. Yes, there's an ideal way that you want it to go, but it's equally important for you to be dialed into what they can do and what they're willing to do. Wow. Uh, you said so many things in one go and everything is just spot on. Uh, just to summarize, I think what you mentioned, some of the strategies that would work. The first thing is uh, taking, like being self-aware and uh, calming yourself down. And there are different ways one can uh, based on how the person is. Uh, some people would like walking or taking deep breaths, um, things like that people can follow. The second point is uh, empathy, like the one you were just mentioning, need the people where they are. So to understand the people and build empathy, and that comes with building trust, uh, building relationship, I think that also is uh, helps long way. And then uh, the facts, like sometimes we use need to use the facts and use these strategies to have those uh, effective conversations. Um, and then um, which will ultimately help with uh, having difficult conversation, but the goal is a negotiation. Uh, so did I summarize accurately? Did yeah. I miss something? Yeah. Yeah, and I would add that there was a great podcast on this a couple weeks ago 
uh, HBR Harvard Business Review has a great podcast called um, How Women Work or something like that. Oh, just, yeah, Women at Work, sorry. HBR is Women at Work. And they did a whole uh, podcast on emotions at work for women and how to manage them with different situations. So if that's something to um, of interest to folks on um, the live, take a, take a listen to that um, to that series. It's great. Definitely. You said a lot of interesting resources, so I will uh, maybe collect them offline from you and share it in the events and also when I publish the newsletter of our talk. Uh, thanks a lot, Sarin. Um, I mean, learned a lot. I, I have one more last question uh, since we are close to uh, like completion of this event. I would just like to see if uh, audience, anyone has any pressing questions that you would like to ask. You can raise your hand and I will invite you to the stage and you can unmute yourself and ask questions to Sarin. Pause for a second to see if anyone has question. Okay, looks like we don't. Um, in case you do, definitely raise your hand and I'll invite you to the stage and you can unmute yourself. Meanwhile, I'll go ahead with my last question I have for Sarin. Uh, Sarin, my last question is, um, you have given great uh, strategies for having difficult conversation, negotiation, uh, there's also a constant need of working on myself, right? So how can I build my confidence and self-worth to approach these conversations with greater power and presence? That's a great question. Um, I think the theme of all of this today is really, um, I think it was Aristotle said, know thyself. <laughs> I think it was Aristotle. If it wasn't, someone let me know. But to build confidence, you have to be aware of where you are right now. What is your degree of confidence? What do you value? Are you working in alignment um, with what you really want, right? Do, do you feel like confidence is something you need to work on? Sounds like yes. Self-worth is, is a very personal journey. It depends, you know, and, and this is sometimes where coaching and therapy cross the line. And I firmly believe that when you're working with a business coach, having a therapist, depending on the degree of what you're working with, is is great to have both of those resources if that's something that people can do. But self-worth has is such a personal journey. I know someone who was told as a child, not this wasn't me, but was told as a child that they were not worthy. And this is something that they've had to work on for at least half their life on really unwiring why they feel that way. If you want to build your confidence within a company outside of this, and these are skills and things that you want to work on, I would say, try to get more presentations in. Try to find opportunities where you can speak up. Um, and treat all of this, everything we've talked about today around negotiation and difficult conversations, treat all of this as almost like a separate job. Like if you want to build influence and grow in your career, and you've got to have a really good handle on your emotions and how you view yourself. And I think that's something after 20 years of being a business that nobody talks about and nobody thinks to work on. We're so focused, and this isn't a blame thing at all, but we're so focused on doing a great job. And then we're like, why didn't I get the promotion? Why didn't I get the promotion? It's because of the soft skills sometimes, right? 
it's not just about doing the work. It's about how you show up um, and how you feel about yourself. One exercise that I have women do a lot of times when we're working on confidence is I'll say, go to five people that you really trust. Tell them that you're working on yourself and ask them to reflect back to you how they view you. And yeah, it's a vulnerable exercise, right? Um, but you may think you're showing up terribly and they come back and they're like, we think you're brilliant. We think you're this. You're so confident. You're so blah, blah, blah. Like what you may be presenting externally may be very different than how you view yourself internally. So, you know, ask people, you know, how do you, and you can even say, you know, how do you, how do you think I'm showing up? You know, I'd like to be more confident, you know, and I'm working on being more self-aware. Is there anything that you think I should be working on or where can I get more opportunities to present or, you know, that sort of thing. It's definitely something that if you want to grow in your career, you have to take on, right? It's never just about the work. And I think a lot of us have had managers who haven't had the training on how to check in with their emotions and to be self-aware. And it can be very painful for other people as well. Um, I call it doing the work. You got to do the work, the work of working on yourself. Well, uh, you just touched my heart. Um, oh. I mean, uh, everything that you said, uh, something very, uh, I mean, something I could totally resonate. And um, as you were talking about, I was thinking through uh, in terms of building confidence uh, in how you're working towards like one thing I could think of is probably doing journaling. Like if I'm not able to speak up, I'm good at writing. So I feel journaling really helps. Do you think that's a good way also to work on oneself? Yes, I think what I love about journaling is it empties out what I call head trash. It's like taking out the garbage. So a lot of times we're walking around, we're thinking about all kinds of things, but there's something about committing it to paper. And I just said, I call it head trash because I don't, I think too much um, power is given to our thoughts. And so it's a good way to cleanse that out. For some people, it's about meditation. I know meditation is talked about so much and I am a fan of meditation. But the truth of it is, is meditation is not for everybody, right? So if you're not a meditator and you want to get a handle on um, some of this, uh, journaling is a great exercise. If you're a more active person, walking, movement, you know, really taking the time to um, energetically kind of just feel into your body. One of the things that I've been working on and I, that is a certification of mine is somatic intelligence, which is the wisdom of the body. So we didn't touch on that at all today, and I know we're running out of time, but um, it's about being aware of how you feel in your body and using that to um, help shape how you respond. So for example, sometimes I'll be coaching someone and I'll notice on Zoom that they've got their hands around their throat, not too tight, but they're just kind of holding there. And I'll know, okay, they're feeling scared or they're feeling like vulnerable, right? So how can we create awareness also of our physical body and how our physical body shows up at work? And I would say for anybody who's on this call today who's curious, like, see how you are this afternoon. How do you stand in the room? How are you feeling at the computer when you're sitting there on the Zoom? You know, I know everyone knows about body language, but I very rarely see people kind of practice being self-aware and then seeing what's going on with the other people in the room. So, yeah. 
It yeah. depends on what your favorite thing is. For some people, it's writing. For some people, it's meditating. For some people, it's moving their body. Um, find the tool that works best for you. You don't have to do exactly what I think everyone's like, I have to meditate. I hear that a lot. I'm meditating. I'm meditating. And I'm, I'm doing all the things. It's like, do one thing and do one thing that you really like and just stick with that. So for you, and you are an excellent writer, um, stick with the journaling if that works for you. Awesome. Uh, we are at time. I feel like talking more. Maybe we'll do another session some other point of time. I'll just... Sure. I'll respect your time and everyone's else. Um, thanks everyone for joining and listening to the call. If you have questions for certain, you can always DM her or follow her in LinkedIn. Highly recommend. She posts amazing posts. You will learn every day in tiny bits. Uh, so thanks a lot, Sarin. Uh, love chatting with you. This was great. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone.